0: You're listening to Scaling Up Services, where we speak with entrepreneurs, authors, business experts, and thought leaders to give you the knowledge and insights you need to scale your service-based business faster and easier. And now, here is your host, business coach Bruce Eckfeld.
1: Welcome everyone. This is Scaling Up Services. I'm Bruce Eckfeld. I'm your host, and today we're here with Polly Rojas, who is a public speaking extraordinaire expert coach. And we're going to talk to her a little bit about the importance of speaking, not only in public, but in general, to help build your business, help come across as a thought leader, as an expert. I think that. This is one of the more important topics for anyone in service-based businesses, particularly professional service-based businesses, to really know how to do this, how to do this well, and Polly is the expert, so I'm excited about the program. Polly, welcome to the program.
0: Thank you so much, Bruce. That that rolling of the R was pretty impressive.
1: Well, I try, Ross. Well, the French R's are hard, too. You know, I, I yes. did some time in Montreal, so I, I try to get my R's right based on where I am. But thank uh, you. I'm Still excited. And I'm excited to have you here because, I, like I said, I think this is this whole question or this whole topic of public speaking. You know, either is can often be kind of a form of resistance for folks, if not mm. downright fear and dread and sweaty palms. And I'd rather go get a root canal. So, <laughs> so I think that uh, you know, kind of, I think talking through it and kind of understanding really what's involved in this and, and how to address some of these issues that I think people face, kind of you know, emotionally, psychologically, in terms of this topic, is is really good. I'm excited
0: to do it. Yeah, me too. And this is what I love to do. And I don't know if you've heard this quote before, but it's by Mark Twain. He said that there's two kinds of speakers, the nervous ones and liars. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. Everyone is always going to be nervous and nervous. are actually our friends. Yeah, so I'm, I'm really I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you for asking me.
1: Awesome. So why don't we start with just your kind of personal, professional background. Like, how did you get into this? What have you done before that kind of set you up to be, you know, the expert that you are in the public speaking space?
0: Absolutely. Well, my background is I am actually a thespian. I'm a classically trained actress (laughs) Uh and I am still an actress. And it's actually what feeds me to do this work is my two great loves are stories and people, humanity. I I live off of hearing stories and, and I love it when people can put their stories forward and add value, change the world and just see themselves as rock stars because we have this tool, we have our voices and we have our stories. And it's really incredible to see the transformation that happens when people put it forth and they battle the nerves and they can just come forward and, and grow exponentially. It's a really beautiful thing for me to see.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh,
0: and so, yeah, I'm an actress and I started because I was the cliched starving artist. I moved to New York because I wanted to be Meryl Streep <laughs> because that's where you know, all the greats came from and the, they came from the New York theater. So I came with absolutely no money and a credit card. And so I did the theater thing. I worked as, an, as a waitress and then I was so tired of just being so spread thin and not ever having any money. And, and yeah. I'd always actually coached. I didn't know it but I was always coaching yeah. and I always loved helping people and and seeing them succeed. So then my sister who at the time or she still actually works at GoDaddy, she is a horrible public speaker mm. and she was- please help me. I'm like, of course I can help you. This is great. So, you know, uh, she's a Stanford graduate. She had lots of friends that have to do these presentations for clients. And I never thought of myself as a businesswoman. I thought yeah. of myself as a artist and those things don't go together. So yeah. I thought, and so my sister, I started coaching my sister and then I started coaching her friends. And then they were, you know, all of a sudden getting bigger office spaces because they become, you know, they were people that yeah. knew how to communicate. And I just started learning more. And then Finally, my sister Tanya says, why don't you just charge money for this? I'm like, no, oh, no, I can't do that. <laughs> I'm an artist. I, I get to, I can't do that. And she's like to stop it put a Craigslist ad up. Yeah. So I did it through good old fashioned Craigslist. I put I an ad it. up. And then I was so scared to actually take money. That That's like another topic. But
1: yeah,
0: as I started doing it and more people, I put one ad up on Craigslist. And through that, I got many, many different referrals, just word of mouth. So I never had to advertise again. So I knew I was, I had something. I wasn't yeah. like, you know, a total, a total phony, you yeah. know? And and then I met Joe Applebaum from the yeah. organization and he was the one that, you know, like with the wildfire. That's how I met you. That's how yeah. I met David Snerman, Lauren Boyd, wonderful people. And and I became their coach. And and here I am today speaking to you.
1: Yeah, not uncommon. i uh, you know, I think a lot of uh, kind of entrepreneurs or people that get, you know, kind of get into this or get into their business, they they often don't realize they've gotten into it. <laughs> it's kind yeah. of a, a side thing, or things just kind of snowball and happen, and then all of a sudden, hey, wait a minute, I've got a practice here. Like I realize that I'm now I'm now providing the service to a lot of different people, and, and not only is it make money, it's it's making an impact on people's lives and, and folks and stuff. So I mean, kudos to you for for making that happen and and, well, and getting thank there. You. Um,
0: thank you to my mentors.
1: Yeah, I'm curious. So, so talk to me a little bit about what what you have been able to kind of borrow from your more kind of classic acting theater based background to this kind of more business side mm-hmm. of things, and, and what maybe hasn't hasn't translated as well. Like, how have you sorted through the things that are, are really interesting and apply, and then those things that don't?
0: Yes, everything that I do with my clients as a pub, their public speaking coach, I have I get through acting because if you think about it, what an actor is, it's Someone who can convey a story with verbal and emotional mastery. And that's what we do as speakers, yeah. whether it's reciting Shakespeare or you're talking about your incredible coffee business. If you can translate a message with value and emotion, then you hit a home run. And what's more important, what, what I find sometimes that is lacking in business is we, the left brain is all there, the stats, the mm-hmm. logic, yeah. all of that is perfect. And that's, that's great. That I want that there. But when you couple that with the emotional, the passion, the, all of that, the beautiful stuff, the messy stuff that makes it high. Yeah and and laugh it's impossible not to listen and it's impossible not to make change yeah so i'm i'm so passionate about keeping those the right brain and the left brain together elevating them together
1: yeah do you typically find that that is the case that you're you're working with folks who are sort of highly analytical? They're very kind of logical, data focused. You know, I'm going to tell you my three points. Point number one <laughs> is this. Point and and you're helping them kind of unearth the sort of the story and the, more of the emotional connection to it. Yeah. Is that? What you're, you're,
0: you're, you're dead on. It is so much about the story and how the stats and how all the the data is so important, but it's how you convey it in a way. In the the way of a story, because the Greeks did stories 2,500 years ago, yeah. and it hasn't gone anywhere, right? We're still, you know, we watch TV to feel. The feeling part is so important, and so yes, you have the the entrepreneur, the people that just want to tell you, you know, A, B, C and charts. I'm like, but what do those charts mean to us? Yeah, and I'm such a quotes person, but you know, Maya Angelou said that. We don't remember what you say as much as how you made us feel when you were saying. So it's really knowing how, what kind of a, what is the feeling you want to convey to your audience? And that's what they're going to go. I don't know if they're going to remember your points, but if they feel empowered, if they feel understood, if they feel challenged to rise to an occasion, that's the impact. That's, you did that for them because you did it with the way you conveyed your feeling.
1: Yeah. Do you find that the, um, that sort of the emotional connection, that this emotion that you bring out or that you cause or that you uh, invoke in the audience as a speaker, how much of that is something that you can kind of craft and design and, and kind of control versus mm-hmm. it's kind of up to the audience and, and different audience members may have different reactions to it, but that's okay. And you, you just sure. want to create a reaction, not necessarily trying to narrow it too focused. I mean, how, how do you deal <laughs> with that intention?
0: Definitely knowing who your audience is, going in yeah. with the respect for the audience. Who is the audience? What is the their, the demographic, their age? You know, what are yeah. they paying attention to? What is your audience looking at? That can be helpful. And then the other thing is, if you come in with passion and riled up, it doesn't matter who's in yeah. the audience. Yeah. I'm going to pay attention to you because it means something to you. And it's trusting that. I have so many people that say, oh, my God, that's too big. That's not like that's not like me. That's too I don't feel comfortable. I'm like, just test it out. Give yeah. yourself permission and to stay authentic to yourself because we we were born as babies we were these we cried yeah. so loud we had no inhibitions right yeah whatever you know we grow up we we get we'd go to school we get socialized and that goes away but we're still very much these primal creatures yeah and that's what connects us all
1: i mean this is like channeling channeling your inner kindergarten or inside yeah. of you and as part oh, yeah. of this yeah
0: Right. And if you look at the great speakers, if you look at Martin Luther King, if you look at, you know, there's uh, t- like Teddy Re- Roosevelt, they have so much humor in them. I mm. mean, it's, it's yep. important stuff, but humor is what, what gets us through. One of my, my acting teachers said that you can't break anyone's heart until you've made them laugh first. Mm. So it's not forgetting humor. And then so many clients say, oh, I can't, this isn't funny. This is a client presentation. I'm like, If you make them laugh, you've got them because what humor is, is coming back to the present moment. You can't laugh while you're thinking about, you know, the past or the future. that's what humor. so incredible. And everyone has different ways of being funny. And that's my job is to see what, what do you find funny? What's your funny? And not tell you what or how to be funny, but how do you come off funny naturally? Yeah. And, and pointing that out.
1: So I'm curious, you, you mentioned something earlier, I thought was, was kind of curious. I'm not sure how you kind of approach it or what, what the strategy is. You talked about this idea of knowing your audience, how and I, you know, as a speaker, I certainly kind of intuitively get that in terms of I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to while I'm always going to be authentic, I may focused or I may present myself in slightly nuanced ways differently based on if I'm speaking to students, if I'm speaking to people who are early stage entrepreneurs, if I'm speaking to, you know, CEOs of, you know, $500 million companies. I mean, those Not that, I mean, they're all people and and I don't necessarily, it's not about how successful or unsuccessful they are necessarily, Mm -hmm. but I know that their context, I know that they're the things that they're probably struggling with and grappling with and their priorities, and this isn't, are probably going to be different. Like, how do you think about this or how do you help coach people in thinking through their audience and respond to the different audiences?
0: That's an amazing question. What I love to do is, I love, speaker and audience interaction. You get so much information that way right from the beginning. And also, if, if you get a chance to observe, if there is a speaker before you or just see the room a little bit, talk to as many people as possible. Ask Questions. I forget her name, but she was Dr. Martin Luther King's secretary okay. and someone asked her like, wow, what made him such an incredible speaker? What's the secret? What did he do? And she said that he was the greatest listener she had ever met in her life, that he just asked questions and listened fiercely and that's what made him a great speaker. So if you have the opportunity to go around, talk to your audience members, interact, yeah. ask questions, be curious, fall in love with people, that will give you such a handle on when you go on stage because you may, you know, as, as actors and as speakers, our, our job is to be in service. Of the story Mm. of the listeners, right? So you cannot be in service to the listener if you're just talking, thinking about yourself, and and thinking, oh my God, I hope I do a good job. That's an ego-driven agenda, and many people can succeed, but there's nothing like being able to make a person feel like they matter. That's truly transformative.
1: I'm just thinking about the sort of the great sort of business speakers, business presentations I've seen, and Mm -hmm. and there's certainly this, the more impactful ones, at least they come across as being, Hey, look, I've got, I've got something prepared, but mm-hmm. I want to know what you want to hear. And then they mm-hmm. kind of rewrite, or it feels like they rewrite the entire oh, thing yeah. at the moment yeah. based on, yeah. on what yeah. the audience needs. Now, you know, maybe it's just masterful presentation and that's really what they're going to sure. do in the beginning, yeah. but, but there's an interesting play here. How, how do you help people or what is the process for someone to get to that level of being able to respond to audience an audience needs or an audience situation?
0: Doing it, practice, yeah. practice, practice, fail forward, fail faster, take an improv class, uh, go talk at the at a library, just doing it and knowing that you will have good days and you will have awful days. Mm-hmm. You- People don't throw tomatoes anymore, so that you're safe from that.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a there's a thing we use. I often use in coaching is when people have kind of a fear. There's definitely like a fear yeah. kind of resistant yeah. kind of thing there. We'll we'll talk to you. Let's what's the worst that can happen? Like, are they going <laughs> to physically beat you up? Probably not. Okay, are they going to throw yeah. tomatoes? Probably not. You know, so kind of backpedaling them from this kind of doomsday scenario, and then making it okay. Okay, so say they do that, you can survive. And right. knowing
0: right? your own nervous system, I mean, I I really believe that the fear comes from our own self judgment because people will see you. They might think, Oh, that wasn't that good. And they'll forget they're going to go home you know, watch TV with their kids and be like, Oh, yeah. whatever. But yeah. it's, it stays with us. It's my own self judgment that says, man, Polly, you really sucked. How, you're never going to make it. It's, it's the doom, you know, that yeah. I come up for myself. That's well, is
1: this, I mean, is this the kind of, you know, there's the saying is people, pe- people think other people care about them much more than they actually do. You know? <laughs> yes, <laughs> we're all, we're all very self important. And we beauty. think that yeah, we're yeah, very yeah, important yeah, to other people yeah, <laughs> when we're really not that absolutely.
0: important. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Yeah it really is. Also, it's like, you know, you, you feel the fear the most right before you go on stage hmm, when okay. there's absolutely no danger, right? You're It's all self-induced. You're like, yeah. oh my God, oh my God. And then you go out, you go, people clap at you, you say something, you hear a chuckle and then you relax. Yeah. So it's getting over that first hurdle. And oh, that's I, an interesting
1: one, because I think, I think that is, uh, I'm just kind of thinking about some of my own strategies and people I've worked with on this is, is I always say, get the first couple lines memorized and Mm -hmm. practice delivering because once you get the first couple lines out then Ah. it all becomes much more fluid but if you stumble Mm -hmm. if there's a hiccup in the first couple lines Mm -hmm. then you're kind of set yourself up for this rocky road
0: for sure you're absolutely right beginnings and endings nail the beginning Uh, nail the ending we forget what happens in the middle yeah we truly do but if you end with like a boom you know people are going to remember that and and so it's really it's really really cool just what I love about getting to do this is the all the different and you know so much about this but human psychology is just yeah. fascinating yeah. <laughs> and knowing like what makes people tick and what people we're all so similar yeah and that, that, that never ceases to amaze me and i also think that when nerves are is the focus is on yourself when you're nervous focus is oh my god i hope i do a good job i hope i don't stumble. when uh, so nerves and excitement are actually physiologically in the same place. Oh, okay. Exact same thing. But one is focused on yourself and one is focused outwards. So when you realize that if you put your attention out onto your audience, out onto your task, what you're, you know, focus on your focus, that relaxes you. Relaxation (laughs) is everything.
1: So it's almost, I mean, it sounds like it's almost, um, uh, kind of, you know, flipping the script on on nervousness and saying, well, you know, you, there's two ways to kind of react to the sort of emotional, physiological nervousness sure. things, and you can either mm-hmm. take it as nervousness or you can take it as excitement. So, so yeah. if you can re-channel or reformat mm-hmm. that right. in your mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we're all really going to get nervous. So, a yeah. I, I mean, I find I know I find this thing with a lot of things in life. But you know, the more you resist, the more you try to fight it. Like with this whole idea right. of the nervousness. It's not that you don't get nervous. It's mm-hmm. how you react to the nervousness sensation exactly. that
0: yes. is yes. the. Yeah, and, the and sometimes even saying you can again humor like you know good looking audiences make me nervous and people yeah. go. Oh, you know, you can channel the nerves. You can uh, always say something that I always like it when people comment on the reality of the moment because it's fresh, it's not planned, yeah. and people see a human. So yeah. I think you can't. You really can't lose if you embrace everything. And that's also the beauty of doing improv classes is you, you just get used to failing and you're not burdened by the fear of failure. Because first of all, who who defines failure? Yeah. You did it. That's a that's a win. Do
1: you do? I'm curious. Do you do any kind of training, or as part of your strategy, or or, or how you work with folks, sort of deal like you uh, you know, uh, unplug the projector halfway through, or ha- have hecklers <laughs> in the audience? I mean, do you do you work with folks on dealing with these kind of things,
0: or how does? Yes, yes, yes. So a lot of times, like I'll role, role play a really awful audience member yeah. that's like, sleepy and tired and on his phone, yeah. and and then they have to keep it up. But I also I tell people. We're so funny as humans. Like we'll have an audience of 100 people and 99 of those people are really they're digging what we're saying. And there's one butthead that's Mm -hmm. not looking at us (laughs) and we're giving our speech to that person. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, no, no, no. Don't do it for them. Do it and maybe it's the reverse. Maybe there's ninety nine people that aren't paying attention, but one person is. Do yeah. it for them. Do it for them.
1: Yeah.
0: Because you'll it, it feeds you. Yeah. And that connection will wake more people up than you paying attention to the one guy that's not paying attention to you.
1: Yeah. It just it seems like so much of this is choosing what to focus on and choosing it, choosing to focus on the things that are mm-hmm. are gonna help you.
0: It is. It it is very much like an athlete's mindset.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's what uh, I think there's some statistic out there that, um, you know, going on stage has the same kind of cortisol release as as oh, a God. car accident. Right. So, you know, in terms of the physicality of speaking is, is very, very real.
0: Right. Yes. Yeah. And it's just so much fun. I I love it when people are like, I'm just not a speaker and I'm not good at this. And then they go and, you know, they work really hard and they give the speech. And they feel like they literally they're like Mick Jagger coming off the stage. They feel and people are lining up to see them. And I love it when that happens, because anyone can do that. Talent is a process. It's a skill that you can learn. It's not you're not. Many people aren't born as actually no one is born a speaker. It's just something that we work on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I get that. So I'm kind of curious on the, the, you know, so there's a stat out there that 70% of communication is body yeah. language, not the mm-hmm. content. So yeah, yeah. so we talk about content and kind of having the lines and, you know, knowing how to tell a story and things like that. Mm-hmm. So if that's one part of it, how do you deal with the sort of the body language or, or the nonverbal communication that we're giving off as speakers? How, mm-hmm. What's that process like for you and how do you kind of evaluate and how do you coach someone on on that end?
0: Well, it all goes back again to the story. Like, I think of the the story or the speech as the roadmap. Okay. And then from then, from there, we can decide movement. You know, what, I don't know if you've ever, (laughs) this is my classical training, but I've read Hamlet, but Hamlet gives, uh, it's called Hamlet's Advice to the Players, where he explains to them how to give, how to go on stage to fool his father, you know, who killed his mother. Mm -hmm. And he tells you how to act. And he says, you know, suit the action to the word, the word to the action. So your story tells you how to, how to move. So if, and when in doubt, don't move at all. Stillness is your friend, mm. right? Just Being still conveys power and conveys relaxation and love and success, but it cannot hit a moving target. So if you're all over the place, I don't see you. If you stand still, that's where the love is coming, right? Like yeah. you're, I was taught that you want to aim your heart to the hearts you want to touch. So Ooh, you want that's to poetic.
1: Stand, I like that. Yeah. I
0: Oh, yeah. You want to stand still. And when the when the the speech takes you to movement with purpose, that's when you move. And it's obviously something we practice together because we'll be bleeding energy out of nerves. We'll be like adjusting our our sweaters and our our ties and like playing with our hair because it's just nerves. Right. But it's like poker. I know you're nervous because of the way you're moving. So if you can master just like feel everything, stay still, what happens is everything goes to your voice and your voice releases the power because yeah. now the energy is in the voice and and vocal variation happens. And that's part of the communication is the, the high notes and the low notes. Yeah. Again, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., his range is incredible. I mean, he uses every plays those 88 keys on the piano with his voice.
1: Yeah. Do you have clients listen to, you know, classical yeah. speeches and oh, things like that? Yeah. Time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And also I have them tell me what they like. Because I may love Ryan Avery, who I think is a genius, you know, but maybe they don't want to be so zany. Let's say maybe they're more of a a still, you know, Mm -hmm. talker. So Mm -hmm. I want to see what gets them excited. And that's where we can build from, build from what they get excited from.
1: Yeah. I like that kind of adapt, adapt to them and their situation. Um, right. You know, my I'm guessing that some people listening to this are kind of thinking of the oh, I'm on stage in front of 500 <laughs> people, you know, but I think that or let's talk a little bit about how this stuff applies, not just to that. I'm, you know, on the big stage in front of lots of people, but mm-hmm. down to I'm, you know, I'm giving the presentation to my team yeah. or to my board or to the, mm-hmm. you know, to my executive group. How can you take some of this stuff and apply it or how does this stuff apply to just less formal or mm-hmm. less speaker audience separation sure. kind of models more to more of a team. Yeah.
0: More personal. Uh, great question. I think it all comes down to confidence. With confidence, you know, growing your ability to speak to people, then your confidence grows and that helps with your attitude. And when you have a great attitude, that's really ultimately what happens when you have improved behaviors and results from the people that work with you, from your, your I don't know, anywhere from your CEO to anybody else. So yeah. confidence is huge. And also what I really love is Knowing techniques and then throwing away the techniques of a great speaker, such as no filler words yeah. or vocal variation or using metaphors, persuasive language, how to be charming, which is so important. And yeah. I, I just and knowing how to speak from the heart as well. So, again, going with feeling and also knowing how to use about like the stats and the value yeah. knowing. Yeah, I think being an eloquent speaker can really it. it's just an uh, Incredible skill, and I know that uh, Warren Buffett said that you know you can be a great seller, you can be all these incredible things, but when you're a great speaker, you you bring out the best in other people. Yeah. And that's human skill.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I just think the reason I mean, one of the reasons I'm really excited about this episode for this podcast is I, I kind of define the service-based businesses is that in which the nature of the business is about people interacting. You know, so mm-hmm. whether you're a call center or whether you're a professional services firm or you're a lawyer or you're you know you're you're, you're you know, various kind of dynamics. It's about people communicating with people. And I find this whole kind of topic of speaking with power, speaking with presence, speaking with persuasion is is such right. an important thing. You know, whether you're selling or you're mm-hmm. delivering, mm-hmm. you know, all those things are really key. You're right. Um, yeah I'm sure there are folks here that are, you know, early stages of uh, their speaking careers. What advice or what things typically do you see people that are just kind of getting into this struggle with and what kind of advice might you offer them in terms of dealing with that? I think we're, I think everyone's moved beyond the, uh, you know, imagine the audience in their underwear kind of strategies, (laughs) but what kind of things do you help early speakers or people that are not super comfortable or haven't really developed their speaking abilities yet?
0: That's great. I don't know if you've seen this TED talk by Richard Green, but he defines public speaking. It doesn't have to be, you know, on stage, but it's just having a heart to heart conversation about something that matters to you. And you can do that anywhere. You can do that in your underwear when you're yeah. you know, with a few friends. You know? yeah. um, so I think it has to do with just jumping into the pool, you know, just yeah. doing it. It has to do with, I guess, paying attention to the thoughts that you have when you're thinking of, Like So you think, so so shall you be. If you think, I can never do this, I can never do this, you you can say, okay, stop. Because our our brains work as a computer, as algorithms, right? We give it, that's the command we give it. So it's paying attention to how you're thinking, stopping that thought, and rerouting, right? It's saying, okay, I am, I can do this, or I am, I am brave, I can do this, I can become a great speaker, I at least, like, start with what you have. I have, I am disciplined, right? I'm disciplined. Maybe yeah. I'm not a great speaker, but right now I am disciplined. Yeah, I, I'm. I like learning. I'm a learner, right? Yeah. So it's starting, starting simply, mm-hmm. so that you can eventually take off. And yeah, I, I think just doing it and and like what gets you excited. Uh, if you own a business, clearly you are excited. You love what you do. Yeah. Simply. so you can talk about talk about what you love. What excites you?
1: Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think there's um. The other one I always kind of find in these cases, and I think it it happens kind of in the entrepreneurial space or when people are thinking about, you know, becoming entrepreneurs or starting business or early stage business, and they're looking at the people that are super successful and like, oh, well. You know, they had it easy and it was perfect. And this whole kind of imposter syndrome, where like, well, right. I always feel like, well, how could I ever do that? And mm-hmm. I think it's important to know that, you know, everyone that you see as being super successful started, you know, started somewhere. And even, right. you know, they still deal with nerves. They still deal with anxiety. I mean, it's not that they don't have it, it's that they have developed strategies. So sure. just keeping yeah. it real for folks.
0: And uh, Richard Branson, who has like, you know, definitely a high school dropout, maybe even before that, but he, He wanted to become the brand of Virgin. And he was like, who am I? I'm this kid that has no education. And so he just he got himself into public speaking (laughs) courses. Yeah. So He learned to speak. And so I think, you know, I am a college graduate. He was at a way bigger disadvantage than I was. And yet he had this tenacity, this this, he was driven. So if people like him can do it, who came from, you know, poverty and very scarce resources can do it in worse situations, then who are we not to? also?
1: yeah. This has been great. Like I said, I, I love this topic. I think it's something that people struggle with. I think it's something, it's amazing that when they get it right, how it changes their whole oh. kind of approach, it changes their mm-hmm. business, it changes, it gives them, like you said, it, it gives them confidence in yeah. all other areas of their life. So even even beyond just their ability to speak, but the confidence to go out and do lots of other things. So.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: This is a you great one. <laughs> so we're going to hit time here, but if people want to find out more about you and about the coaching that you do, what's the best way to get a hold of you and, and find out more?
0: Well, thank Thank you, Bruce. Uh, you can go to thepublicspeakingpro.com and it is with a the at the beginning. So thepublicspeakingpro.com and you can sign up on the website and I'd love to, I'll give you a free consultation.
1: Great. I'll make sure that that link is in the show notes so that people can click through and get a hold of you. Polly, this has been a pleasure. It's always fun to talk with you and I, uh, this is here, a Bruce. great conversation for this audience. So thank you.
0: Oh, good. Thank you. You've been listening to Scaling Up Services with Business Coach Bruce Eckfeldt.